uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Migrating unified communications infrastructure into the cloud is a serious business. Avaya have a real focus on helping their customers in their digital transformation journeys and adopting cloud platforms can form a critical part of that. Today we hear from one of their specialist cloud partners, Formation Tech. A cloud native business, Formation have a great understanding of what's involved when businesses are considering moving their communications into the cloud. Founders of Formation, Mark Tyres and Dan Cholleton, join me on the podcast today so I can understand more about how they founded their business and the benefits of looking at Avaya's cloud propositions. Have a listen. Good afternoon, I'm here with the guys from Formation Tech. Good afternoon, Mark, how are you doing? Very well, Patrick, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. And you, Dan? Very well, thank you, Patrick. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. The main reason I wanted to have you on, firstly, because I've met you before and I know you're both interesting guys, but also you are at the forefront uh, of Avaya's cloud proposition. So I wanted to have a chat with you about your history in the industry, why you chose Avaya uh, and and why you chose their, their cloud proposition. So if you could just give me a background on your company at Formation, if that's possible. Yeah, so it's probably worth starting with a bit of background on on us and where we've been in the industry. So um, Dan and I founded a a, uh, as an Avaya business about um, back in 2003. It was a PBX business. We were quite 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 way ahead in the IP um, voice over IP. SIP has that kind of whole thing developed from digital to IP, Um, and we grew out for a number of years um, and ended up selling it back in 2012. So we. We grew it to a point where, you know, the revenues that underpinned that business were very much the traditional revenues. There were minutes, there were ISDN rentals, there were maintenance, and it was hardware. And we sold to a managed service provider who had a cloud infrastructure and a data network. Um, and we then went on to work with them to, to basically um, take that product um, and bring it forward into the cloud. So that was back to sort of 2012, 2013. And I think cloud adoption at that time was in some areas quite strong, but it was also relatively embryonic in, in, in many other areas. So having left that business and having sort of you know, sold the previous company, Dan and I were looking at a number of different technology areas. There was lots of transformation going on in lots of different sectors, business services and otherwise. Um, I think really we came back to it when we looked at the market and we looked back at the old business we had, what supported that, you know, the ISDN minutes, you know, the, 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 the maintenance, the hardware and just the, the support services that are required for that kind of business. And we actually realised the type of business and the area we should be going back into is... Unified communications is an area we know very well. And I think that having been in very early with Avaya developing their cloud products to bring it into the European markets, um, we, we, we've had a pretty early insight into the sort of market economics of it, the um, commercials of it, uh, and we've gone on sort of leaps and bounds you know, with the same management team to develop that product and take it to market. And we've had, had great success with it. Uh, and Dan, that, that's, that's interesting from my perspective because obviously, as Mark was saying, you, you were right at the, uh, and Mark said, cloud uptake then was probably quite strong in areas, but probably very weak in the majority of areas. And especially within unified communications, cloud seems to have been the last sort of bastion of, uh, of, of, of development in that sense. So, Dan, obviously, you had prior knowledge of Avaya, but what, what did you know about their cloud proposition at that point? What made you go with Avaya for that? Well, so just prior to being um, acquired, we were already starting to move the product away from the customer's premises. So we, we were kind of very early in kind of, for example, starting to host the services, pure hosting as opposed to cloud. But then when we, uh, when we were acquired at the organization, we, um, we, we then assumed group roles. And actually, whilst there, we launched a, um, 
a cloud communications service, a UCAS and a CCAS service there. Um, and actually, in, in that instance, we, we actually launched the buyer's first European um, cloud service. So we, 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 we obviously start to get quite a good stranglehold over what the product is, what the commercial offering um, could be and what the opportunity was. And actually, when we left there, we really did still have an itch to scratch. We, we were looking around at the, at the market and just seeing the fact that the product was there, the service was there, but actually a lot of the established channel were um, potentially struggling to maybe get their heads around cloud and how they could bring it into their business. So we, we saw an opportunity. So if we go back to 2015, when kind of like the, the, um, the ideas around launching formation were kind of uh, started, started to take form, we really saw uh, an opportunity to, to lead the way and in our own little way start to really disrupt an area of the market. And, uh, and to actually make it so that the entire cloud story took, got more and more traction in the UK. You know, our previous business, which was a PBX business, and it's, um, you know, we, we did a lot of quite cool stuff with that, and we were quite early in SIP and quite early in, in the IP telephony piece. Um, but I look at the differences in setting up a cloud business to setting up that business from, you know, the, the type of support and, and the, the faults and things that the customers get. And, you know, in the early days of Aurora, our previous business, you know, Monday mornings would come in and I'd dread a Monday morning because there'd, there'd be an ISO in 30 that's gone down because it had been raining or you know there'd be a module come down because an electric surge had happened over the weekend. There'd, there'd always be something and, and, and for our bigger customers that would be at the weekend when I was at a wedding or it would be a time when it was just enormously inconvenient. It'd have huge disruption to customers um, and it would just be hugely you know, resource hungry on our service desk and I think in setting up a cloud business in, in the sort of you know, two, two plus years we've now been run, running, running the business we just don't get those issues. The resilience of the platform and the, the service issues, you know, we, we are now a proactive service business rather than a break-fix company. You know, we're not here just to fix problems, we're here to help user experience, we're help to help to kind of progress the solution forward. Um, and it's a very different mindset, and I think it's one that, you know, the, the channel will, will, will start to catch up on, because, um, you, you know, you are, you are there to take the companies forward, you're there to transform. You know, cloud is just the first part of that story. You know, that, that's the infrastructure piece, that's the piece that kind of, Gives us gives stability. And once that's done, you know, you don't need to pay maintenance for that because it's, it's all wrapped into the cost, but also it is enormously more resilient. It's in big sort of tier four data centers and, you know, it just has a lot more resilience natively built into it. So our job now is moved from being a break fix company to a service, like proactive service company that is about the user experience. So the next part of our journey, if you talk to us, you know, six, 12 months down the line, you know, the, the architecture conversation you know, will be, will be better understood, and I think the differences of where via play will be, will be, you know, will, will be out there. And I think really then it will, it will be about you know the progression that Avira making in the likes of Equinox, you know, Zang, Spaces, and all those really good collaborative tools that are coming together. And I think that's really where our next sort of next stage of success is going to come. There, there must be other benefits from from your perspective in terms of and i have no business business understanding but from a from a commercial a commercial perspective not interrupting mark's weddings on the weekend i don't know how many times you've been married mark but you know not interrupting <laughs> i've been married once it wasn't my wedding no, business, I, 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 yeah. yeah but um but there must be other commercial benefits from a from a partner perspective in terms of looking at a cloud model rather than you know a, 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 a traditional model it's for the, for the, okay, commercially for us, it's playing the long game. But by playing the long game, you build a business that's more sustainable. So why you've got to, if you go and do big capexy deals like you know traditionally has happened in the sector, you make the money and off you go. Next deal, got to go find the next one to kind of feed the next uh, uh, the next celebration. Um, but with this, you've got to, if you play the long game, but then you build this kind of serviceable um, recurring income stream that you're getting from your customer base. It's fixed. It's known. 
and, and actually for longevity, that's uh, an awesome place to be where previously we relied on LCR minutes. The, lead, the most commoditized element of the service we were pro providing to the customer was the most valuable to the business. Now it's actually aligned correctly, which is the most valuable bit that we supply to the, the customer is the bit that makes us the money and it feels balanced and right. And that, that Avaya Cloud proposition, how has it firstly developed from, from how it started when you started Formation back a few years ago to, to, to what it is now? What are, the, what are the different variants in terms of hybrid, full clouds? You said it originally you know, in your August business you were offering, a hosted service. What are the, what are the sort of different flavours and, and options of that now? So, so we focus on the Power by IP office of our mid-market cloud service. And if we go back to when um, Server Edition was launched, which was basically when it moved into the mid-market, We'd already seen the pedigree in its own right, i.e. as a product. So if you look at the features functionality and that was continued growing. So as it became a mid-market product, a lot of the enterprise features and functionality started to, to pass on to the IP office product. If we then look at about it in, in a cloud environment, what, one of the strings to um, Avaya's bow is that they, they offer this hybrid approach, which for mid-market clients, so if we look at the addressable market we wanted to tackle when we set out, first off, we wanted to target mid-market customers. So, and some of those customers are going to be reasonably cautious about just putting all the regs in the cloud. So that hybrid op option, which is, uh, is a strong one for them. And, and today we've got plenty of customers who are taking that approach. That said, because of the architecture and how we can resiliently build a cloud service, whereby we don't, we don't just depend on a single instance, we can start to build resiliency on, 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 on the actual cloud um, infrastructure or the, the backend services. Again, that architecture for a mid-market customer was in most instances actually paramount. So, so, the, so the hybrid approach and the resiliency and the architecture that Avaya have built alongside just the track record and the pedigree they have within the functionality and for example, contact center, um, really sets it a, a, a kind of apart from the vast majority, particularly, I guess, the, the um, more recent market entrance that is making a big difference to those mid-market customers. Yeah, I, th I think a point um, I would make actually coming from a previous reseller world, you know, where it was all about sort of responsive hardware fixes and that sort of stuff. Um, we, we are a business who like to control what we're doing. And in the same way as an IT department or an IT manager likes to control what he's doing, I think by having each customer put in a virtual private environment, which is in its own right a separate instance, you know, if we were selling another cloud platform, which is just a large utility multi-tenanted platform that had all the same, you know, if you need a patch, it's all done at the same time for all customers. If you want to have a maintenance window, it's all the same time. And I think that for us, you know, the value we bring as a business, you know, as an Avaya partner or as a, as a business services company is, is service. And if we can control that and we can manage that and maintain that in our own timeframes, in our own environments, then the customers that we're selling to in the mid-market really value that. So I think that that's one, one part of the Avaya story that's really strong. The Applications sit on top of it have, have evolved significantly since we've started. You know, we had great success just selling a via cloud in, in the fact that it is a single instance. It is a, well, it can be multi-instance, it can be meshed, it can be distributed across different architectures. And that, that architecture in itself has a huge value. I think that now that Avaya have Equinox together with a lot of the other applications that are coming through with spaces and all those other areas, that the two stories together are now, are now very compelling. There's a, there's a few bits that, that both of you have listed there that I wanted to pick up on in, in terms of you've listed a, a number of benefits in terms of the enterprise features that Avaya enables, the security of the package, the, the, the tailoring of the package that you, that you can do through Avaya. But one of the main angles that I was thinking about before discussing was Avaya obviously have a, 
a very large existing base of loyal customers that they've built up over their history in, in the traditional <clears throat> models uh, of communication systems. And that must be a major benefit as well to a partner like you guys in terms of being able to, you specialize in the, in the, in the cloud, in the modern era, in, in the new solutions, but you can bring that solution to a, a huge existing loyal base who know Avaya's proposition and trust their proposition. Yeah, and that, that's, that wasn't lost and isn't lost enough. By going in there and transforming into a cloud environment, we can actually take a solution and cause very little disruption in, in the cutover. So when someone, whether it be from the IT manager having some level of control over the day-to-day uh, -day management, the user point of view, we can, we can move a system from a hardware solution to a cloud solution and day one, the, the, the user doesn't necessarily have to know there's been a fundamental change. So in, in, in going into kind of the cloud, cloud story, it, it gives the IT manager and the business a lot of control how, how, how they go about it. And on top of that, you can then start to build the applications. So a, a typical mid-market customer that's got, say, a number of offices, they could be UK, they could be European, international. By, by meshing the cloud environment with their legacy hardware environment, which again, as you mentioned, is, 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 is quite, a, quite a powerful part of the offering, we can pick and choose which sites, when and how we bring them on. And if you need to roll back, you're simply changing the IP address from the, from the handsets back to the, back to the old architecture in the event you need to do that on a rollout. You know, if you're moving from an environment infrastructure to another competitor, the day you switch over, you, it's gone, that's it, it's done. And I think that, Whilst you know invariably transitions are, are relatively smooth, when you're doing a cutover, you want to have as many rollback options as you can, and it's it it it, it, it makes for a good sale and a good process, and it it's, um it means also you know we, we're able to reduce our professional services in the amount of time we spend deploying these solutions. Uh, and and Dan, you you mentioned before coming up against some disruptive new players that have come into the market. But how do you, important do you feel for formation? The, the Avaya brand behind you has been in terms of competing with those. And what I mean by that is, as we were saying before, you know, Avaya is such a well-established name within the industry. They, they've built up a lot of trust there, not only with existing customers, but also with potential new customers. Yeah, so I, I guess that um, I guess each try to place their strengths. So there's a lot of the new entrants coming in who don't have any hardware. For example, the good old fashioned desk phone, and they're as an example, uh, a banging the drum like the desk phone is dead. And here we are talking to customers. We one of the areas we talk about is smart working, where we it's all about improving workplace productivity, um, and we provide the customer with options. There's applications galore that we can offer them through mobile to desktop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and we have some customers who've wanted to go software only. But the vast majority, um, over 90% of customers, want to have that desk phone alongside some of these applications. So, you know, um, where, where maybe the new entrants are trying to sell against the concept and try and um, um, force the market to consider that the desk phone actually is dead, the market is saying, I want to move to cloud, but they are looking at, as an example before, the hybrid options, but also the desk phone very much isn't there. And again, this is something which um, Avaya can play to its strengths because they have an installation base of, guess what, a lot of the handsets where they can be retained, that investment can be retained. So the journey for the customer doesn't have to be a disruptive one. It can be uh, more controlled and they can start to phase those out if they are existing customers of existing handsets, or they can continue to actually invest in um, or, or keep the desk phone uh, there. With regards to the reputation of Avaya, you know, they've, one of the things which they've done very well is moving on from being viewed potentially as one of the traditional vendors, you know, hardware-based, CapEx-based um, businesses to a genuine software and services business. And customers 
are really, really buying into this because they have a hugely loyal customer base. And they're seeing a buyer as their, as their, as their logical cloud option and net new customers. We've had huge success with, with net new customers as well. So just finally, I wanted to get, you guys are the experts in this field. I just wanted your sort of, and I realise that there are, there are lots of these, but if you, if you can sort of headline your, your top two or three benefits to, to moving to the cloud with Avaya, when you go into customers, and I, I know that you will completely tailor it to the customer's requirements, what are those sort of top headlines for someone who's completely looking at this for the first time and might be on an on-premise system at the moment, whether that's Avaya or another manufacturer, and, and you're saying, oh, it's, it's, it's really worth considering an Avaya cloud option, whether that be hybrid or, or full cloud? I think that there's not necessarily a simple answer to this that covers, well, in fact, there is one simple answer, but this is generally moving to cloud, and there's a cost element with the legacy technologies we've talked about, you know, removing maintenance, removing hardware costs, removing ISDNs, removing call charges for sort of local national mobile, you know, you're, you're going to generally save someone some money, bring them new technology, and allow them to follow that software, service, cloud infrastructure. Um, and I think the, the benefits will be quite dependent on, on the sector. We have, we have a client who works in, in, the, in the travel space and most of their business comes uh, May, May to August, for example, and they have a big contact center, they've got several hundred users, but their peaks and troughs of their work, workforce depend on those, those seasonal changes. So they, from a cost point of view, they don't have to buy a solution for 2,000 people. They can scale up to that if they need to, or they can scale down to 500. So from an agility, flexibility point of view, that particular customer in that sector massively benefits from moving to cloud with Avaya. In that, in that particular scenario, again, they were an existing Avaya customer who took that journey from an uh, old hardware solution to a new, uh, a, a new cloud solution. So the, the transition itself was, was pretty straightforward. No, I, I realise that that question has has a multitude of answers. I mean, you've you've hit a couple of the main ones there in in terms of first of all cost, which everyone worries about the bottom line, don't they? And and elasticity potentially of of Avaya's cloud offerings. So, so Dan, I know I know you visit a lot of customers. What and as Mark said, it's completely specific to industry vertical. But but you must hear you must have a repeated message in particular that is particularly strong. Hundred percent. There are some consistent themes that cross across cross over to every customer. I'll try and wrap them into three areas. One is headaches, removing headaches. Another one is features and functionality. And another one is commercial. So if you look at the headaches, customers don't want infrastructure. They don't want to be having tin and stuff around their office that their whole business depends on, particularly the larger organisations, and, and worrying about that whole estate. A, a recent example, we had a, um, a customer that we're starting to bring some, uh, some cloud services into that's a large multinational. There's about 15 sites, 2,000 users across the sites. They needed to do an upgrade. Um, because they had to get an upgrade to get a patch to fix a fault they, because they were out of support if they didn't do the upgrade. They had to choreograph 15 site upgrades internationally together. And guess what? There was a problem with one and it knocked the whole um, upgrade back a week. Then there was another delay. It knocked it back a month. Whereas if we actually manage that through the cloud, we can, we can manage that around the customer more seamlessly, more faster with, with less pain. So it does remove a lot of headaches. In terms of features and functionality, with our cloud customers, they get all the latest and greatest features and functions. The second, the, the, or not the second, we, we normally like to have a little um, bedding in period for new software releases. You know, we don't like to kind of necessarily make all our customers beta customers. But when you, when new software releases are, are available, our customers get those. Um, they don't have to go and do a big upgrade. They don't have to um, consider the, the, the value of doing an upgrade versus the features they're going to get. They just get the latest and greatest. So Equinox is launched. Our customers now have access to Equinox. They don't have to consider it as a 
as a new mini project. And I think a point we were talking about earlier, they, you know, in, in doing that, you know, if, if a customer's currently happy with the, the older version of application they've got, they don't have to move at the same time as another customer. So, you know, again, going back to the multi-tenanted scenario where the new application comes out, everyone gets it, and invariably the bigger customer on that uh, platform will determine what the smaller customer does. In the scenario where we're dealing with our customers, each of them gets to choose that time window in their own way, in their own time, and gets it deployed as, we, as needed with as little disruption to their particular business cycle as, as is needed. And, and as you were saying before, you know, it's, in, it's entirely dependent on their, on their business as well, isn't it? And how, and how they're, they're best going to use that solutions. Absolutely. The, the final one, Patrick, though, is that car seat. So the, the final uh, kind of consistent theme that we, we're seeing is that everyone is kind of blighted with legacy kind of costs that they have as an organisation that is great for their incumbent suppliers, but it's not actually great for them. So Mark talked about it earlier. You cut out ISDN, and you cut out minutes, you can bundle these things in. You don't actually have to kind of um, be stuck on those old rates that a lot of customers still are. You can get rid of very expensive and clunky break-fix support contracts. Um, you can start to look at outsource managed services like audio and video conferencing and actually start to collapse those all together. So, I mean, I, I don't know if it's quite an exaggeration to say without exception, but it's, it's certainly not far off the, uh, the, all of our customers have actually gone and moved, migrated to cloud and actually reduced their operating overheads, um, independent of vertical, independent of size. That, that has been the opportunity everyone has seen. Well, I have to say, you, you guys make a very compelling case for, for moving to the cloud with the virus. So, first of all, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Not at all. It's been great chatting to you, Patrick. Uh, I'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, and Dan as well. Thank you for coming on. Patrick, great as ever. Many thanks to both Dan and Mark for joining me on the podcast today. It's really fascinating to hear about how they are using Avaya's technology to help businesses make the most of their communication systems. If you want to hear more, head over to the website at uctoday.com and there is loads of information there. On another note, don't forget about the UC Awards, which we have just launched. You can apply online in one of eight categories and we will be recognising the most disruptive and innovative companies across the unified communications and collaboration industries. Head to uctoday.com and find the awards page for all the details. That's it for today, though. Thanks for listening.